Hey everybody, welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. I'm Jeff Antoniak. So this week, I want to demystify the half-whole diminished scale, make it into something really usable for you by using something you already know that's hidden inside these scales. Now, for a real beginner or a novice to jazz, this isn't something you need to be worrying about quite yet. But for an intermediate player, someone who's been playing a couple years, you're starting to hear about this scale and you're starting to get freaked out by it. You've practiced the scale. You've had no luck with it. I'm just going to go out on a limb because that was me and that was a lot of students that I've worked with. So I want to demystify that. And I want to tell you about a couple workshops that I have coming up. Online workshops. They're very affordable. They're a blast. We have four in a week coming up. So I'll let you know about that. So let's just start off by what this scale is, and then I'm going to tell you to forget it. <laughs> okay, item number one on the sheet. Take a look at the scale, the half-whole diminished scale, which is actually a dominant scale. Check it out. Okay, so it's confusing right out of the gate because it's diminished, it's dominant. So diminished because there are minor thirds. Some of the notes pile up in minor thirds. That's a hallmark of a diminished chord. Diminished means minor thirds. Yet, in this scale, there's a major third and a flat seven. And when you've got a major third and a flat seven, that is dominant. So that's one of the confusing things about this scale and chord is that it's diminished and dominant at the same time. That sucks because it's confusing, but that also becomes awesome as we get more and more advanced and we realize, oh, I can use this thing in more than one way. When you realize that you can take a piece of wood and you can build shelves out of it or a house or a canoe, that's kind of cool. I don't do any of those things, but I could, I suppose. <laughs> But yes, that's, uh, you know, I build my canoes and shelves out of scales. That's kind of my gig. So the trick, and here's what I'm going to show you today, is we're going to use things you already know. We're going to talk about triads. There's some tr a bunch of triads hiding inside that scale. Now, before we do, I want to tell you about these four Digging Deeper workshops I have coming up. They're online workshops, so wherever you are in the world, you can attend. Um... When the COVID virus struck, I uh, decided to do some of these for some of my fans that were sitting at home and, you know, looking for something to do. Four workshops. They sold out in 24 hours. So we did that. A month later, scheduled a second session. Sold out again. So I can tell that you folks are really enjoying these. These workshops happen uh, four Thursdays in a row. I do them at 1 o'clock p.m. New York time. They're about 75 minutes, 1 to 2.15 p.m. New York City time. They're 35 bucks each. Or if you want to do all four, there's a deal for all four. So if you just go to the uh, address here, you can sign up in two minutes. Your spot pay, your spots saved. Here's the cool thing. We're going to do four different songs, and you can see them up here. We're doing uh, Killer Joe and Confirmation and Prelude to a Kiss, uh, Caravan. So uh, if you want help on any of those four songs, perfect. Here's the thing. I'm combining each lesson and each song with a particular device that works great on that tune, but you can take it with you to every other tune you play. So we're going to talk about Tuing the Five relative to Killer Joe. We're going to talk about advanced ideas for jazz articulation relative to confirmation. On and on. So 
the, the workshops are great because you work on a tune, you work on a specific device, and the other thing is these four songs are four of the 14 songs we're doing at Maryland Summer Jazz. So if you're interested in coming and hanging out with Peter Erskine and Jeff Coffin and John Patitucci and Ingrid Jensen and Sherry Maracle and Paul Bowenbach and on and on at Maryland Summer Jazz, this is gonna give you a real kickstart. So please visit that link and sign up. Um, by the time this video is airing, um, they will probably be mostly gone. So just jump on it if you would. I would love to work with you. Only 15 people per session. So it's very personal. It's not a webinar where I don't see you. We're talking, we're, I'm hearing you play. Um, we're going back and forth. It's gonna be fun. Okay, let's turn back to the sheet here and look at item number two. And what you're gonna see is I've written out four triads. You see, a C7 flat nine chord. So that's, that's how we would, the, you know, a chord change that we would typically play this uh, scale over. Now you see a C triad. I've also written out an E flat triad, an F sharp triad, and an A triad. Why have I done that? Well, one thing you may notice is that each of those triads is a minor third away from each other. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, wait a minute. I mentioned that there's this, this scale sort of diminished sounding. It's dominant, but diminished. Oh, well, C, E-flat, F-sharp, A. Oh, that's diminished. And you may notice that C, E-flat, F-sharp, A are actually in the scale. Oh, Jeff's pointing out the diminished aspect of this scale. Cool, yeah. Well, check this out. Each of those triads is in this scale. So we can imagine the C triad is in there because it's a C scale, right? There's an E-flat major triad hiding in this C scale. You can see the E flat is the sharp nine, the G, the B flat. Wow, okay. And there's an F sharp triad, and there's an A triad too. So each of those triads are in that scale. If you take those four triads, smash them all together, what do you get? What, is there a scale that happens when you smash those four together? Yep, C, half, whole, dominant, diminished scale. Ah, so here's what I'm saying. Forget the scale. Yes, practice the scale. Yes, you'll use the scale. I don't want you thinking about the scale when you improvise. I want you to thinking about these structures inside the scale. I don't want you thinking about the alphabet when you speak to me. God, no, don't do that. I want you thinking about structures. I want you to think about words. I want you to think about the idea you're trying to tell me in whatever language you're speaking. Don't think about the alphabet, right? So that's kind of my analogy. The scale's the alphabet. It's, it's, it's not that usable. It's what we can do with the alphabet that's interesting to me. Item number three on the sheet. So what I did is, now let's start messing around with these triads. So here's an interesting shape that's kind of cool. So let me do this. I'm going to put on a track that's playing Caravan by Duke Ellington. Um, and it's fantastic because it has 12 measures of a C7 flat 9 chord, exactly this tonality. So it's a fantastic laboratory to do these experiments. So let me do this. I'm going to play item number two for you. And then I'm going to play item number three for you. And you can kind of hear what's going on, how these sound over, uh, over the track. Thank you. 
right, kind of interesting. Um, and so each of those triads had their own characteristic. And perhaps easiest to hear was the first triad, the C triad, over the C chord. The characteristic was eh, kind of boring, very consonant. And consonant doesn't have to be boring, but it didn't have a lot of flavor. The other three had plenty of flavor because they had sharp nines and sharp 11s and flat nines and all this kind of stuff in them. So they each had a little bit more flavor. But here's the thing. I've practiced triads in my 35 or 40 years of playing the saxophone. I've played a lot of triads and chords and things like that, right? I've played a lot of songs based on triads. And on and on. There's a lot of fantastic music based on triads, going back to Mozart and long before. So yes, I've got that sound in my ear. They, my fingers know where the triads are. I, I can manipulate them a little bit. So wow, all of a sudden I can pick one of these interesting sounding triads and use it because it how it fits in that chord, but I'm using this previous knowledge that I have, as opposed to here's a collection of notes that you're gonna have a hard time making much sense out of good luck to you. Yeah, so that's that didn't work well for me. That doesn't work well for most of my students. When they come to me, this is the approach we take, and guess what? People are making like some pretty great uh, strides in a day or two after being plateaued for years. So yeah, this really works. I want you to try it. So let me do this. I'm just gonna hang out and improvise with these triads a little bit. And how about this? I'm going to, um, I'm, I might move, I might hang out on a triad for two measures at a time. At some point I may move to changing triads every measure. Any of this is possible and it doesn't even have to be within measures when we change. But just this idea that I'm thinking about this now, now I'm thinking about this triad, now I'm thinking about this triad, now I'm thinking about this triad. Okay, so in what I was playing there, I think I played two A sections of Caravan, and everything I played on all that C7 was based on triads. There was always two or three notes of a triad. Sometimes I'd stay with the triad for a while. I think there was one time I did a little enclosure or played a note that wasn't technically from the triad I was playing, literally once in those 32 measures. So that is a really cool sound. And you could hear me sitting on some of those notes that were really rubbing. But to me, to my ear, they were rubbing in a cool way. That, that meal had some spice to it, but it wasn't bad. It was like, whoa, okay, I'm a little challenged, but I like it. Excellent. So that's where I want to leave this. But check it out. Um, the, the four workshops that I have coming up, by the way, they're on uh, June 18th, June 25th, July 2nd, 
July 9th. The one I'm doing on July 2nd is going to be digging into this. So you've got a couple weeks to try this thing and then come join me. We're going to get way further into this. And if it's not working for you, if you're having some sticking points, if it doesn't sound right, yeah, join us in the class. I will get to hear you play. We'll get to see what we can fine tune or where things are going off a little bit. There's going to be a ton of questions because of how cool this symmetrical scale is, the half-hole diminished or half-hole dominant scale. All right, I'm going to leave it there for you. Give this a try, and I really, really want to hear how this works. I need to hear back from you as to how this stuff works. Five or 10,000 of you are going to see this video. I want to hear from you all. I really do. Okay, have a great week. Enjoy this material, and I hope to see you at uh, Digging Deeper Jazz Online Workshops and definitely Maryland Summer Jazz this July. Mm -hmm.